Hello everyone, I'm Pat, and welcome to the Largo Podcast, where we discuss various topics related to my life in Japan as an English teacher, world cultures, history, social topics, and of course, some tips for improving your English. Tokyo no Jinbochu ni aru Largo Language School no Pato Sensei no Podcasto desu. Yoroshiku onegaishimasu. partner and I went to Tsukuba-san for part of our Mount Fuji training. We climbed up, across, and down in seven hours, which is rather slow, but we are proud of our achievement. This was the first time for us to climb a mountain completely from the bottom with proper gear. One of the biggest challenges going forward for me is to find proper clothes. I heard that wool might be good, but this time I wore a cotton long sleeve shirt and yeah, I felt very sweaty. So I hope I can find some more breathable material. Anyways, we still have time before we climb Mount Fuji, so we'll continue to prepare in the meantime. For today's topic, I want to discuss culture shock. I think when we travel to other countries, we often experience some small surprises or shocks. Of course, when I came to Japan, there were some things that surprised me. After almost 10 years living here, though, these culture shocks have definitely lessened. Still, there are some from time to time. The other day, I was watching a video of a group of podcasters in Tokyo. Who interviewed famous Turkish American political commenter and streamer Hasan Piker, who recently came to Japan for the first time? It was interesting to hear his comments about his impressions of Japan. He is rather politically left and seems to follow many philosophies of democratic socialism or Minshu Shakai Shugi. I don't watch much of his content, so I'm not so familiar with him, but I do see his commentary from time to time online. According to the video, he felt shocked and overwhelmed by how well Japan's system works, despite being so capitalistic, or chihonshugi. And by that, he means that everything is organized, clean, people are respectful. And things run on time. Especially, he is amazed at how the train system works. In America, that would never happen, and I agree with him there. He made several additional comments about how the working and governmental systems in Japan seem to go against a lot of his political beliefs, but somehow they work relatively smoothly, and that is just amazing to him. As I grew up in the US, I can sympathize with his feelings. Economically and politically, Japan and the US are very similar, but there is something different about Japan that holds society together, and this is alarmingly absent in America. However, today I don't mean to talk about politics. If you are interested in that interview, I will leave a link in the description. Instead, what I want to focus on is my recent culture shock. 
First, allow me to explain something. I am a foreigner living in Japan, but I do my best to try to adapt to Japanese culture as much as I can. I definitely consider myself lucky though. Through my job as an English teacher, I actually get to communicate with normal Japanese people from all different backgrounds. I think, for example, if I worked at a trading company or some other business, I would only be exposed to a certain type of person who would work at one of those companies, right? I have some students who work at companies like that, but I also have people who work at hospitals, are artists, store staff, students, retired people, and many more. Without seeming like I am bragging or jimangsuru, I just mean to say that I think I have a good idea of what a lot of Japanese people are like. When I first became interested in Japan, there were a lot of things I learned about this country that were not totally true. A lot of it is based on real information, but became distorted somehow. Like students, especially in junior high, they will tell you that there are still ninja and samurai in Japan, and that everyone wears kimono, or that if you make a mistake at work, you have to commit seppuku. It's silly, but these are the things that young people talk about. And a lot of adults continue to believe some version of these exaggerations. But since I have a background in history, I think I am naturally always looking for the true realities. I want to uncover biases and correct wrong information. It is also fun for me to listen to podcasts like the one I mentioned earlier that feature people who just came to Japan. It reminds me of when I didn't know much about life here. When I hear the questions they have, I can think back to what I have learned from my experiences and from what I have been told by my students and make a guess. For example, why are fax machines still so popular in Japan? Well, It may be outdated, but with facts, there is a sense of security that some companies require. This may not be a super good reason, but it is understandable and much better than the reason often given, which is that Japan's aging society doesn't like to adapt to new things. That isn't the whole reason, right? There are actually a lot of assumptions like this about Japan, as I mentioned before. Sometimes they can be a little broad, and when I meet people who make these kinds of claims, I try my best to explain the actual situation. There are no ninja or samurai walking around Japan. <laughs> Another example, a slightly more understandable example, I guess, is that a lot of people assume that everywhere in Japan looks like Akihabara. And that all Japanese people are obsessed with manga and anime. I explained that while they are popular, it is not like everyone in Japan enjoys them on a daily basis. However, it turns out this impression isn't totally wrong. I guess I may have been overcorrecting because I recently realized that Japanese people actually read a lot more manga than I had thought. So, my apologies to those foreigners who I gave wrong information to. 
I realized this after I learned that my partner reads a lot of manga. We have been together for almost eight years, and I had never seen her read manga before. But the other day, I started reading a manga series a student had recommended to me, and she looked interested. So I suggested that she try. I was surprised when she actually read all the volumes and very quickly. She told me that the reason I had never seen her reading manga before is because she typically reads it on her phone. I just thought she was spending a lot of time on social media. <laughs> Evidently, that wasn't the case, and actually, she is currently reading several series. I had assumed that manga is like a hobby, such as baseball, meaning that people who like manga love manga and read it all the time. Maybe some people might read it from time to time, but usually not. However, it seems like my assumption was wrong. So this was quite a shock for me, and I learned that maybe sometimes I assume that the American image of Japan is mistaken. Also, I guess I don't need to try so hard to fix people's preconceived conceptions or zenyukan of Japan. And there are still many things about Japan and Japanese people that I don't know about. I hope I can continue to learn and understand as much as I can. So my current culture shock is that Japanese people read a lot more manga than I had assumed. You might be wondering about some of the other culture shocks I had when I first came to Japan. So I will list some here before we close today's podcast. One, walking direction. People in Japan usually walk on the left. Two, a lack of delicious food I enjoyed in the U.S. like real peanut butter, root beer, or black licorice. Three, difficulty making sudden plans with people. In the U.S., people often invite friends out on the day they want to meet. And four, ikitara iku. I quickly learned that this means no, I won't go. Okay, this will be it for today's episode about my culture shock. Transcripts will be available for Largo students, and feel free to drop a question or a comment in the question box located in the description for each episode. Also, before you go, please let me remind you to follow Largo's Instagram account. I post a lot of content regarding common English mistakes, such as the difference between until and by, the proper use of kanke daimeshi, and much more. In addition, you can find some information about Jimbojo and my daily life as an English teacher. Find us by searching Largo Language School. Right, thank you very much. See you next time. Bye.